Cooper Cup suffers an injury setback and could miss the Rams opener against the Seahawks. And what is the best and worst case scenario for the 2023 Rams? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your four-time champion Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. We just passed 8,000 subscribers, trying to get to 9,000, so join the party over on YouTube. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade the lakers for si the dodgers for dodgers nation now the rams for locked on and as always i'm joined by the rams pre-half and post-game show host for the rams flagship radio station espn 710 la you can follow him on twitter at travis rogers now travis we got some injury news to get into we're talking about the best case scenario and the worst case scenario for the rams this season but first this episode of locked on rams is brought to you by game time Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, Travis, we're going to dive right into this one. Cooper Cup was absent from the portion of Thursday's practice open to media, and McVay said that Cooper Cup got a little muscle strain and, quote, that it's fair to say it's a setback for Cup, who's currently day-to-day. So they haven't said anything beyond that. Some reports say hamstring re-aggravation. Some say muscle strain. Either way, I think that you have to say at this point, maybe his status for their opener up in Seattle is in question. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think the most telling part was when Sean McVay was asked whether or not he's going to be able to return to play by Sunday, uh, September 10th or against the Seahawks. And he said, well, there's a difference between return to play and return to performance. We want to get him to return to performance because he's obviously incredibly important to what the Rams are going to do. Uh, This goes back to something I said when they were doing the joint practices and they kept saying, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Then play, you know, I, I don't, what you tell me is far less important than what I see and what's going on. And Cooper cup wasn't playing. And when he was playing, he was going at something less than full speed. So I, I'm not incredibly surprised by this. It's very, very disappointing because without him, you know, you, you and I, DMAC, have talked so much about this. The everyday, the everydayers know this. Cup, Stafford, Donald. That's the that's the recipe for them winning games. And before they've even taken a single snap, Cooper Cup is a, a little banged up. Hopefully he's ready to go. Hopefully he has a return to performance. But this is a very big deal. It's a big deal. It's monumental. I think when you look at how big of a setback this could be, not just for Cup, but for just the overall outlook of the season, if he has to miss any time early on. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit here, but it's a gauntlet early on. It's very brutal the way their schedule is lined up. And you also have a lot of youth and inexperience. So the possibility of not having Cooper Cup terrifies me. They need him for this offense to generate points. And I think you also have the conversation of where he's at in his career. Now, the receiver position is becoming 
somewhere where it's really, if you're north of 30, not a lot of guys that are very productive. You look at Devontae Adams. You got guys like Tyler Lockett. I mean, we, of course, we know Jerry Rice. He's the ultimate exception. Seven 1,000-yard seasons after turning 30. Yeah. I think Cooper Cup is someone who doesn't rely on his speed. He's a great route runner. But these injuries are starting to pile up. We know that when you reach that age apex, that wide receiver wall at 30, that this is a part of it. So I think the number one thing for me, when you look at hamstring injuries in general, they tend to linger. So I yep. would rather see him come back when he's at 100%, like yep. you said, performance ready, like McVay said, before you really move on this season. Well, I think you bring up a good point. that, And let, let's go back to last season because we were having this discussion on my, on my radio show yesterday that what Cooper Cup's injury was last year actually makes a big difference. And I'm not talking about like which part of the body, but rather how serious was it? Did he miss the second part of the season because he was seriously injured? Or did he miss the second part of the season because the Rams were not a competitive football team and he was moderately injured or mildly injured and it was more of a precautionary uh, decision to keep him out of games because they weren't going to the postseason, et cetera, et cetera. Let's make sure he gets 100% healthy and get ready for the 2023 season. Well, because what we're talking about is we know he had the ACL injury a long time ago. He came back and performed at an incredibly high level after that. This season, or I should say the most recent season, he had another injury. And before this one has even started, there's another injury. So that's at least potentially three different things that have happened in his career. Put that together with what you're talking about, Doug, and being on the wrong side of 30. They have to have this guy. If they don't have him, the only person they could afford to lose less is Matthew Stafford. That's it. That in the hierarchy of things, it's Stafford, it's Cup, it's Donald. Because the defense, I think, is going to struggle no matter what. So with or without Aaron Donald, I think it's going to be an uphill climb on that side of the ball. On the offensive side, you're going to win by outscoring people. You're going to win by getting the ball into the end zone. And without Cooper Cup, I mean, what have we been talking about that receiving group? It's Cup and then question marks. Well, now it just might be question marks without Cooper Cup. Hopefully he's ready to go. But I agree with you that you might have to make some decisions on maybe you play without him a little bit. So when you do have him, he's at his best. I think you almost have to go that route if you're looking at keeping him for 2024 and beyond, of course, too. You want right. to be a part of that run because you just can't have these big setbacks. And he, he is a player that's dealt with injuries throughout his career. And like you said, he's absolutely essential. It cannot be overstated how important he is to this offense. Last year, when he went down with that ankle injury, he had accounted for 35% of the Rams scrimmage yards. And I don't know about you, Travis, but that number almost feels low as far as how it, it compares does. with the eye test, right? And we know the defense is they're going to prioritize stopping him. He's essentially, like I always say, he's the offensive version of Aaron Donald. He's going to open things up for the other receivers. And even last year, he had 98 targets in nine games. He was on pace for really the, roughly the same amount of targets from that historic 2022 season. So they need to get him back as healthy as he can, as fast as he can, and if you really want to make a run at the playoffs. But as far as how this is going to impact the team, I think the other conversation is, what does this mean for Van Jefferson, for Tutuawa, for Puka Nakua? Those guys are going to get some opportunities if he has to miss significant time. I think another byproduct of this is Matthew Stafford. We know that he loves him some Cooper Cup, right? Sure and does. he's a guy that has locked on with him in the past to build some chemistry and rapport and to find these other guys could help. I think if you're looking for a silver lining and trying to develop the other receivers in that group. Potentially. Um, I, the the attention that Cup draws, though, I think will obviously not be there if he's not there. So it means your number one guys on Van Jefferson, 
Your number two guy is on 2-2 Atwell. I it just I get it that the ball's got to go somewhere, and maybe they'll be targeted more. But the the matchups that happen here, I, I do not think are favorable to the Rams. There, there's nothing about this that is beneficial. Th- this is really tough. I think that the decision that the Rams have to make, depending on the severity of the issue, is would you rather have a limited Cooper Cup at the beginning of the season, let's say it's 75 or 80% of him at his best, and risk the possibility of, okay, we need to shut him down for a while, or do you shut him down at the beginning and maybe miss a week, a two, three, whatever it may be, and then by the time you get into weeks three, four, five, and beyond, have Cooper Cup at his best? I think that's probably the decision that they're trying to weigh right now, and neither one is a great option because, like we, you and I have both said, without Cooper Cup, this is it was already going to be a challenge. And without him, it it's I can't overstate how big of a deal this is. This is a very, very big deal. If he's unavailable, they're in a very tricky spot. Yeah, and I would love to see a healthy Cooper Cup on the field, but if you're telling me it's going to take 10 days to get you 100%, that tells me that you're not close to being fully healthy. And like you said, you just need him on the field where you don't have to have this linger. Hamstring injuries, they're tricky. They... You think you're on the right track, and then you have a setback. And I think when you look at these soft tissue injuries and where he is at is in his career, I think you have to proceed with caution. I think the other thing, too, I look at this offense, right? You look at the personnel. I think you're going to see more 12, more 21 personnel with Cup being in the place that he's in, in his position dealing with the injury. And I think that's one of the reasons why you bring in a Michael LaFleur. You added some more gird to that offensive line. You're carrying four tight ends, four running backs, and you're dropping to six receivers. So I think the NFL is kind of designed to try to stop the 11 formation. So I think we're going to see Sean McVay possibly zig while the league is zagging. And I think maybe that's something that comes from this too. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you hate to have this thought because I still think that there's a lot of gas left in Cooper Cubs tank. But yeah, I mean, these injuries are piling up. I'm hoping he's more of a Larry Fitzgerald, a Julian Edelman, a Devonte Adams, guys that can have success in their 30s versus some of these guys we've seen in recent years where they drop off significantly once they hit that age. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. You know, Fitzgerald is a good example. You mentioned Rice and and what those guys did other than just be great athletes is they were incredibly good at their craft at being able to run routes at being able to shed defenders at being physically strong and things like this cup is that guy as well. Now I I never want to undersell his athleticism. This is a big, strong, powerful dude. Like this is not Wes Welker. Who's running in little gaps. This is a big guy. He's a strong dude. But as he ages, I do think that he will age pretty well because he can do all the things that great wide receivers do when that athleticism starts to come down just a little bit. But this is this was going to be a tough season no matter what, and it just got a little tougher if, in fact, he's not ready to go. I agree. I think the only question for Cub is how long does he stay a superstar? Does he stay a right. top five guy? I still think he has more of those seasons in him, and, hey, he can take my hamstring if he wants it. But, hey, coming up next in our second segment here on Lockdown Rams, we're going to talk about this 2023 season. What is the most likely scenario? What's the best-case scenario? How will this season turn out? That's coming up next on Lockdown Rams. All right, you're going to want to get ready for the NFL season with this incredible offer from FanDuel. And FanDuel, of course, is America's number one sportsbook because right now, new customers can bet $5, just $5, and get 200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed. Plus, 
All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV, which means not only got a little action going, but you get to see every game right there at your house, courtesy of FanDuel. $100 off the Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from point spreads to player props and more. Here's what you do. You go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you do not want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can be an everyday listener too. All you got to do is tune in every single episode. Membership is 100% free and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, the dust is settled. We feel pretty good about the roster, where it sits as far as making moves. I think we know we have at this point. We see the schedule, the way it's lined up. We have the recent injury news of Cooper Cup. So we're going to really start looking at this season and how it's going to turn out, how things are shaped at the moment. I think the first thing, might as well start with the Mitchell out of half full. What is the best case scenario for the Rams? And really, in my opinion, you mentioned earlier, we've been talking about it all offseason. This Offense is going to have to light up the scoreboard. You're going to have to see Matthew Stafford, Cam Akers have a big bounce back here. The offensive line that was decimated by injuries, they're going to have to keep him vertical. The receivers have to step up, and they're going to have to outscore opponents while this young, inexperienced defense is going to figure some things out. My hope is that Aaron Donald, he frees up some things along that line, allows them to have some success while they're figuring things out. But really, I think it hinges on the success of the offense early on the season. Just so we're clear, the uh, Michelada, we have a little tahine on the rim, right? We're just not going straight cup. We got a little flavor oh, on it. Oh, always, always, okay. man. Okay. Always, just, always. And I do the whole, yeah, the whole thing. I, just, I even get a refill of that before I finish the Michelada. <laughs> yeah, I we got to go sip, little turn, sip, little turn. Yeah, and then you're going to go that's all the way strategy. around that's the world. That's the strategy. Yeah, that's yeah. how you got to do it for sure. Um, I think you're. I think you're right. I think the best case scenario is the Cooper Cup injury is very, very mild, and he's ready to go opening day and they jump on the Seahawks because I think the Seahawks is an incredibly important game. Beat the Seahawks, and there's a path to 3-3 three and three after six weeks, which would be wonderful. You get through the first six weeks at 3-3, three and three, you beat Seattle, you beat Arizona, and you beat Indy. You're feeling pretty good about it going into the next three. Find a win between Dallas, Green Bay, and Pittsburgh, and now you're going into the bye at four and five at worst, and maybe you get a couple in the air, you're five and four, you're feeling pretty good. The second half of the schedule, much more manageable than the first half of the schedule. There are wins in the back half of that schedule, but you got to get off to a good start. You got to beat Seattle because you lose to Seattle. Now, all of a sudden, that indie game takes on incredible significance. Now, you got to win that. You got to beat Arizona just to have a win or two in your back pocket going into the bye. They can do it. It's going to be with offense. It's going to be with Cup. It's going to be with Stafford. Cam Akers needs to look like he looked at the end of the year last year. You got to integrate Tyler Higby into that offense. Somebody has to step up as a third option at wide receiver, whether that's Puka, whether that's Tutu, whether that's anybody that's on this team that's not just 
uh, Cooper Cup or Van Jefferson. I think that's how it happens. And you need somebody, not number 99 on the defensive side of the ball, to be better than you think they're going to be. They don't have to be an all-pro. They don't have to be somebody that's you're going to start putting a yellow jacket on them and getting them ready for Canton, but somebody that's better than you think that can make a couple of plays catch a break or two in the turnover department, have your special teams be capable. Let's make the kicks you're supposed to kick. And that's the best case scenario where you get to that buy at four and five, five and four back half of that schedule, there's wins there. And now all of a sudden you can get to nine or 10 and maybe backdoor a playoff opportunity right there. That's the best case scenario as I see it. Absolutely. And it's really managing the first part of the season. Like you said, the last part of the schedule, the second half of the season, it is much more manageable. There are more winnable games. They only face three 2022 playoff teams in the final eight games of the year, the Seahawks, Giants, and the 49ers. But like I always say, it's an exercise in futility when you try to count these wins. It's like filling out your NCAA March Madness bracket, right? And you don't account for the upsets. Last year, what if you had the Broncos and the Rams on your schedule and you saw the Seahawks and the Lions, right? You're going to feel good about that feel bad about the other one so you just never know because it is in the nfl but you look at the way the schedule lines up you have more early window games more games in the cold i mean last two seasons combined the rams played a total of five games in the early window they had one last season four in 2021 this year they play five the colts cowboys packers ravens and giants they played one on the East Coast last year in the bucks and they yeah. play four so that's definitely not favorable but i will say as far as how this season will turn out. I mean, even if the losses stack up, right. And they're having a bad year, which that's definitely a possibility. I still think you have to look at this season as a win because you can always spin it in that. Look, they're paying off their dead money. You had to pay that debt at some point. They're taking advantage of that. You are evaluating young players to see if they can be stars and foundational players. You're going to see, can any of these rookies become foundational players, be starters? I look at it as this, I look at this draft and they went big as far as they went the quantity route. They went, for 14 picks, if you can get five starters out of that, I see this as a win. Give me five starters from that group, and I'm fine with that. I think right now I'm confident that Avila is going to be a starter for a long time. Byron Young, I think, has the athleticism and physical tools to be just that. Puka, Tomlinson, and, of course, the Wingate legend, Ethan Evans. So I think you got five there. And, look, I mean, you had one pick inside the top 75. So your hit rate is not going to be necessarily high. But if you get five, pay off your dead money, and, yeah, you make a run of the playoffs, that'd be great. But I still think you can spin this season as a win because, let's not forget, you hoist that Lombardi trophy just two seasons ago. Yeah, look, I, I, I like that. If you find five, that's a grand slam, considering you didn't have a pick in the in the first round and you, you know, most of these picks were in the fourth round and beyond. You find five guys that are a regular part of what you're doing. That's an incredibly successful uh turn of events. This is the season that the bill came, right? That you know, you go on vacation and you you're buying drinks and you're going out to dinner and you're ordering room service and you're getting a cabana by the pool and you're having a hell of a time and everybody's having a good time. Hey, eh, we're on vacation. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And you come back and you say, I had the greatest vacation of my life. Everybody's smiling. Everybody has the memories. It's all over Instagram. You win, right? And then the visa bill comes and you're like, whoa. Okay, I got, I got, I got to pay that, and and it's time to pay it. This is, this is, this is what it is. It's fine. It was worth it. Well, like you said, you won the Super Bowl. It's fine, but you have to pay the bill. 
And now is the time where they have to pay the bill. Now, you can still go out to dinner occasionally. You can still do some things, but you're going to have to pay that bill and make some decisions. And hopefully those little investments in the punter and the investment in the edge and the investment in the offensive lineman that they start to grow and you're starting to make a little money. So you can go take another vacation in a couple of years. But right now that bill is in the mailbox. It's about this thick. It looks like a small phone book and it's time to pay the bill and it's okay. That's what this is. And that's all right. And the beauty of all that is that the Rams credit, they got themselves a black card, right? I mean, they (laughs) have a lot of money to spend and you talk about credit. They have credibility with this fan base, knowing that it worked. Hey, a lot of franchises have tried what the Rams have tried to do. Look at the Broncos last season, trying to go all in, but you know what they skipped? They skipped the part where they win the Super Bowl, right? Right. I mean, there are 12 teams out there that don't have a Lombardi trophy. So yeah, they do have credibility, but I will say just to play a little devil's advocate here is if you had drafted a little better, you probably wouldn't be in a part where you're in this remodel or this rebuild that they're currently in. The Joe Notebooms, the Bobby Evans, the Logan yeah. Brusses, the Hendos, the Raps, the Burgesses, there's plenty of examples, right? If you kept Corbett, Woods, Miller, I mean, you could have sustained this, but I do think, like we always like to say, you're saying about the sustainable winning, is that I think they're learning on the fly in that, look, we've reached the mountaintop. We know that the NFL is built for parity. We know you can't win every single year, right? Even if you do have the money and the resources to do that, and they're realizing, hey, it's better to have a fresh start and try to see if we can build through inexpensive rookie contracts, and then we can spend the money. If we are another franchise that is not willing to spend, I think you could be really down at this point. But like you said, a little bit of a reset year, you're going to have more than $60 million in cash space yeah. to go spend. You're going to have your first first-round pick since – the Obama administration, basically, <laughs> I mean, 2016 since eight years. So, look, yeah. I mean, you look at this team and where they sit right now, I think they're going to be in a good position moving forward. But as far as this year, you need those rookies to step up. There's just no way to tell. As much as we like the way that Trey Tomlinson looked like a pit bull during the preseason, as good as Puka Nakua looked early on, as good as Byron Young has looked in practice, right? Talking about practice, right? I mean, how can we expect and assume that he's going to look that good in the game? So we have to give these guys a couple weeks to see if they're really going to be dudes. It's, it's a process. It's the NFL. You never know for sure, but there's a, there's a scenario where this is going to be a developmental year, but I do like some of the pieces that I expect to develop. I think that there is some real talent on that team. I think it's, you know, the very few guys show up in year one and make a huge impact. The league's too hard. It's too complex. There's too many good athletes out there. It takes a little time for it to come together, but I do think it's going to come together. It's just a matter of what. Exactly. I think you look at this team and you say, okay, what happened in 2017? They're coming right. off a four and 12 year. They were a surprise team. They won the division. They go 11 and five. They lose to the, the Falcons in the playoffs. The difference there, more veterans on that team, right? More yeah. veterans. So that's going to be a different scenario. But I do think that inside that building, they're confident because of their stars. Fortunately right now, one of those stars is on the men trying to get back, but coming up, Travis, in our next segment, we're very positive this segment, right? Trying to look at the Mitch Slot half full. Let's talk about what could go wrong and what would be the worst case scenario. And that could include winning some games. So we're going to talk about that next here on Locked on Rams. So you want to go to the big game, right? You want to go make sure you see the opener. It's a playoff game. And what's the first thing that pops in your mind? You hear that stress buying the tickets, finding them at the last minute. And certainly you do not want to get absolutely hammered on the price. It's difficult. 
This is where game time comes in, right? Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sporting events, concerts, comedy, theater near you, the tickets that you want so you can start getting hyped to have all that fun. There are flash deals on last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area with game time, images of where your seat is going to be, and of course, a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, even job loss protection. Game time is the place for last minute tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Let me tell you again, download the game time app, create that account, use the code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Go get that game time app. Trust me on that. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And other minor, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know what is your wins loss prediction for this season for your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, we're going to talk about some realistic scenarios. What will be the worst case scenario? And really, what I want to start with is kind of when it comes to the beginning of the season, I think that this season is going to be decided in the first five games. When you look at that, that slate of games, it's a gauntlet. I mean, you're talking about two divisional opponents that are the two favorites to finish one and two. You got the yep. 49ers who are considered to be a Super Bowl contender, a legitimate yep. Super Bowl contender. You go on the road, possibly without Cooper cup there in your open up in Seattle. And then you're at home against the 49ers. We are not going to bring up that record. I'm not going to talk about their regular season record. They won the game that mattered. Good. Yeah, they right? got the one that mattered. <laughs> they got the one that mattered, right? You got those grueling division opponents. Then you go on the road, Monday night football against the Bengals. We know that they're going to be high for that game for various reasons, a rematch of super bowl 56. I think yep. in that stretch, I mean, you can't confidently say they're going to go two and one or three and oh, hopefully at the very least you get a win out of that. Then you go to play the Colts on the road. And I think that's a game where Richardson is going to be his coming out party because of the state of the Rams defense at the time. And then you're playing the team that was in the Super Bowl next last year in the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think that to me, you go one and four, you could go oh and five, you could win some games, you could make it respectable. But I think that first part of the season is largely going to determine the kind of year they're going to have. Yeah, and the way that it goes bad is you have an injury to one of your key players. Well, what did we talk about in the opening segment of this edition of Locked on Rams? You talked about a, an injury or a re-aggravation of an injury with Cooper Cup. So that's how this – the worst-case scenario almost always starts with an important player is unavailable or at least unavailable to perform at their highest level. The Rams may have already checked that box, unfortunately. If – if – if you lose in Seattle, you're in big trade. It's crazy to say it because the NFL and week one, we always overreact to week one. I get it. I get it. I get it. But if you lose that game, San Francisco's coming to town. Like you said, DMAC, we know what that looks like, unfortunately. Week three, Monday Night Football on the road, Joe Burrow. Okay, good luck. Your defense has already got a big question mark on it. You want to deal with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow? Not so much, right? That's your problem. Now, all of a sudden, you got that week four. If it does go the way that it could go and you're 0-3, 
all the pressure in the world. You got your first early window game of the season. The week, the, the Achilles heel of this team is the defense, potentially the secondary and the pass rush. Well, what would a young, inexperienced quarterback want? He's not worried about getting hit, and guys are running wide open. That scenario exists against the Indianapolis Colts. Now you got Philadelphia coming in after that. Good luck right there. And now all of a sudden you're in a position where you're you're having Arizona, uh, the Arizona game. You're potential potentially zero and five. Do you even want to win that game at that point? And now you win that game. That's actually bad news. Now you're getting into a point where you're in a a, a draft pick competition again. This is all worst case scenario. But you don't have to squint to see it. it it's kind of sitting right there for you. Seattle is wildly important. Seattle sets you up for Indianapolis. Indianapolis sets you up for Arizona. Arizona gets you three and three, heading closer to your bye. You got to get that Seattle game. You got to get the Indianapolis game because if you don't, that worst case scenario we're talking about, now all of a sudden you hit that bye, you got to win or two. And now you're in that weird spot where the last thing you want, you don't want six wins. You probably don't want five going into the sec where all those winnable games are, and you win. This is the, the you win two or three down the stretch. There, that is the worst case scenario. Now you're five and you're you're five and twelve again, or you're you know you're six and eleven. Th these are the records that don't get you high enough to get the player that you want, but not low enough to where you're really going to be able to chance to take the quarterback or that left tackle or whatever it might be. Either win ten or win two. The, these, are, these are the two spots that you want to be in. The road to two depends on Seattle and Indianapolis. Exactly. And they start two and two. They start three and two. Then you can reassess the postseason chances. Then you can recalibrate it. the expectations. And that is exactly what we want to happen. Don't yeah. kid yourself. But if it doesn't, you can just close your eyes and sing Kumbaya and think of <laughs> Caleb Williams in a Rams jersey or, or Joe Ald or somebody's left tackle. Yeah. It's a very yeah. deep quarterback draft. But the reality is that here it's about winning the Super Bowl. And this season is about what can get you to that end game as quickly as possible. So I think you're absolutely correct. And yeah, the NFL did not do the Rams any favor with the way that schedule is lined up, especially when you have to assume you're going to have some serious growing pains early with a lot of these young players. I mean, why couldn't we get PE and home ec? Instead, we got AP <laughs> calculus and chemistry right out of the gate. So they did not do them any favors at all. And I will say, yeah, I mean, look, this defense, they're going to be unrecognizable to a lot of Rams fans. I mean, Ramsey, Floyd, Wagner, Scott, Taylor, Rath, they're all gone. And it's going to be very interesting to see how quickly the light turns on for some of these young players. And I will say, like I said, that you have to constantly remind yourself that, hey, they didn't go out there and they didn't spend. They didn't. I mean, Coleman Shelton was really one of their biggest contracts they gave out. and It was $1.5 million. But sometimes... In the game Monopoly, it's good to be in jail, especially yeah. when you have houses and hotels, right? Because then you don't have to worry about landing up. So yeah, what I always try to do late in the game is stay in jail for three turns. I'm feeling good about that. So this is a good year to be in jail, reset that cast base, see if you can get back on track. But like you said, there's nothing worse than purgatory in the NFL, nothing worse than six or seven wins. No, and don't sleep on ceramics and art history. Look, when you need, when you really need that that lane to get the GPA up, ceramics and art history are your friends, right? Nothing with a right or a wrong answer. Go over there and say, look, this pot. I know it looks like I dropped it on the floor. It's the best I can do. That's a B. There's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. What you gonna do? Tell you you're supposed to be, you know, Michelangelo, and that's like this is the best I can do. What do you want from me? So yeah, yes, they. There's not a lot of art history and ceramics in this uh, on this schedule, at least not until the end. And, and here's the other thing I'll throw in there. 
the actual part of worst case scenario for this team is that Arizona might be historically bad. That's actually bad for the Rams. Usually, if you have a team like that in your division, you put a couple of wins in your back pocket. It's like, cool, here we go. I can got not if you're trying to get to the same place that they're going. And Arizona basically fired the one guy on their roster that could play quarterback to make sure that they didn't accidentally win a game or two in the early part of the season. So uh, you got to keep an eye on Houston. You got to keep an eye on Arizona. If we're talking worst case scenario, let's turn it into the best case scenario and talk about what that draft pick may look like. But Arizona, Carolina, Tampa, and certainly Houston are all going to be we're, we're, we're going to be talking about them a lot. I think if in fact the worst case scenario comes to hopefully we're not. Hopefully it's three three through six weeks. Hopefully it's four and five or five and four at the break or better than that. And we're talking about hey, look, the Rams are that team that nobody saw coming, and here they are. But if the other thing happens, let's have a plan B. Yeah, and for me, really, worst case scenario doesn't even include wins and losses. To me, worst case scenario is the big three. Any of those guys get seriously injured and the rookies don't develop. If I get the healthy big three and they still want them a part of the core for 2024 and beyond, which I think they most likely will, and the rookies develop and you got the cap space, you got the draft picks, I still think they can be right back in the Super Bowl mix next season. Worst case scenario, like you said, is just a mid-season, being an NFL purgatory where you're not expediting your path back to a Super Bowl. But we're going to continue to break down this season a ton before the Rams opener on September 10th. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the People's Champ on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked on Rams house?